You're listening to a fresh new podcast on healing, spiritual development, nutrition, energy work, and sometimes aliens. From the owner of the celebrity acclaimed Raw Republic Juice Bar and Wellness Center in New Orleans, Louisiana, Sheena Manina. Yes, that's her real name. This is Raw Talk with Sheena. Okay, welcome everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Raw Talk with Sheena. I have an incredibly special guest here that I'm so honored has made time for this podcast today. His name is John Burgos. And John, welcome to the show. Oh my God, it's my honor. It's so much fun to get to play with you. Thank you so much for... um, fitting me in. I know that you have a really busy schedule that's inclusive of so many amazing guests in your new show in this new season. Um, so I want to say thank you initially. And I also want to know, I, I tried not to research too much um, relating to you because I wanted to get a really fresh interaction of uh, your background and some things that have brought you to the place of doing what you're doing today. So can you start by introducing yourself to myself and my guests? Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, well, I'll give you the, I don't even say it's the pitch, just the basics or, it's, you know, it's, it's, I've started this program called Beyond the Ordinary Show about four years ago. Um, and it was really, I was led to it um, because I was at the end of one career. I'd finished, I transitioned from working on a particular platform. And I didn't know what I was going to do next. And I knew that I wanted to continue the type of work that which that was which is personal transformation mm-hmm. on that platform we were helping people to repattern their limiting beliefs to open mm-hmm. up to new possibilities and tap into their potential and it was beautiful but that platform it it, it was time to transition it was growing in a different way that i was and i didn't know what i was going to do next um and i knew i needed to make a living mm-hmm. i had a mortgage i had child support to pay mm-hmm. i had all these things all these obligations and I didn't know how I was going to do it. And I just sat in trust and worked pro bono for the company that I had left for about five months living off of my savings, uh, knowing wow. that I couldn't go back to corporate. Wow. And, and guidance was, just kept telling me, just wait, it's not time yet. Just mm-hmm. wait, it's not time yet. And the whole time, I, you know, my savings is getting depleted. Yes. But I also had this constitution of trust that I knew that I was being led somewhere that I couldn't create in the old way that I created things. So I wasn't worried about the money, but time was of the essence also. It's funny how that plays, right? Right. Um, And the whole intention of creating the show that I created was because I wanted to share what I had learned. Right. That had had such a huge impact on how my life turned around from Mm -hmm. living in, and I didn't know it. I was, I thought I was pretty successful at the time. But once it got illuminated and I started feeling the, the sensation of life that I created out of scarcity, out of trying to fit in, out of um, trying to be something that I wasn't, once that I was exposed, it's like, oh, wow, I can't believe I've been living this way and how much suffering it's actually caused instead of the freedom that I was striving for. Um, so the show was built really on the foundation that I wanted to get the message that I was sharing on this other platform out to a bigger audience, uh, to a larger audience, because I know what's available on the other side of the scarcity of the other side of the limiting beliefs. And, um, to do that, what a better way than to start, um, this platform called beyond the ordinary show where we get to reach an audience of listeners, um, 
that's that's much larger than anything that I could have done in an individual level on the coaching basis or on the other platform that we were building that just wasn't growing in the ways that I needed that I needed to grow. It sounds like in so many ways you are describing my life as well. And I'm sure that you hear those parallels consistently, just that, um, you know, people are looking for a different life and a different way of living. But at the same time, it takes it takes jumping in before you have infinite abundance in terms of finance. And it, it, it takes it takes um, a lot of gall to just just say, you know, I'm I'm so unprepared on the in the logical sense of things. And yet I still have to do it. And the fact that you did, it just gives such it gives such um, power to your message and and the message of your guests. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's really interesting, and I'm sure it parallels with you also. When you started your juice company mm-hmm. um, and all that, it just things just kind of click into place when things were supposed to happen. And yes. this platform grew way beyond anything that I could have created by myself because I followed the serendipity. And it's it should have taken me six months to build this platform. It mm-hmm. took me six weeks. I mean, wow. really, had I had I tried to plan it. It would have taken a lot longer, but everything just fell into place. I, the first season, we reached out to forty really large audience speakers mm-hmm. and comments after comments, and I didn't know most of them personally. Um, Three fourths of them had never heard of me, and I didn't have an audience for them or anything. But when I reached out and shared from my heart what I was doing and why I was doing it, like we don't know why. We never say yes to these type of shows, but we have to say yes. <laughs> and that was consistent over and over and over again. So when you're on path, things fall into place mm-hmm. to support you yeah. in such a way that your success is inevitable because you're following your heart. There's a bigger purpose. Is that triple bottom line win where, yes, it's good for you. Yes, it's good for the people that you're inviting into it. But there's a larger perspective. There's a ripple effect. That's that third component yes. that you're really serving really the world by what you're doing. Yes. Wow. I'm so impressed by the messages that come through your calls and and for those raw talk listeners who are unfamiliar with your show, you would you would you say that you primarily seek channelers and and people who are connecting with some source that's beyond our physical sense? Absolutely. I am getting speakers who are coming in and what they're actually doing is they're sharing information that's within them that is of a higher vibration that's allowing people to break through this paradigm that has us stuck that things have to be a certain way to function within that structure and that's how you create success. And there's a a foundation that's based on the principles of energy Mm -hmm. and benevolence that are really the guiding force for our lives and the speakers that I happen to have on that shared that message the loudest and most efficiently tend to be the ones that are more connected to another realm that they're tapping into a deeper essence of what that love is and the possibilities of what that can illuminate in our lives if we are vulnerable enough to say yes we're willing to receive that Mm -hmm. and let everything else go that's incongruent with that energy um, and risk being seen in that so the people that you interview oftentimes are channeling 
messages from what they recognize as being another dimension or a, a collective of people who resonate on this, you know, higher dimension than we are existing in, you know, relation to our third dimensional existence. And what I want to know from you is what have you seen as kind of the underlying theme to some, a lot of these messages that I think are coming through, especially rapidly recently in your show? Well, the message is that there only is love. I mean, that's first and foremost, and that's always been the foundation of my love. And it, I get downloaded quotes all the time. And one of my, one of my favorite quotes of mine is, when in doubt, love. Mm-hmm. And if you really apply that to any situation in life, wherever you have a doubt, if you have a disagreement with someone and you don't understand their perspective, if you're in doubt, go to love, mm-hmm. and it shifts everything. If you're yeah. doubting something within yourself, go into loving yourself. If you're doubting and let that hold the foundation of the solution that's asking to illuminate a new possibility in your life. Um, so that foundation of love is paramount. Um, what's also coming up is also the divinity that we have within ourselves. So I grew up extremely Catholic and you know we worshiped God and Jesus and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful expression of what's within us. Mm-hmm. And so we are not separate from the energy, from the benevolence that's being gifted to us. It's an invitation for us to play in that as that Mm -hmm. so that we can continue to grow and co-create with that love that is seeking its expression of itself in order to know more love within itself. Mm -hmm. So what I find is that in order to practice these principles in my life, things have to come up. And it has to not be so easy at times in order for me to not only practice the principles that I'm teaching, but also to expand to that greater level of understanding and empathy for myself, most importantly. So can you, can you give or shine some light on some examples of things that have happened to you that have kind of caused you to expand and, um, and practice these things in your life? Oh my God, there's so many examples and, and where do they show up? You know, they show up in, in betrayal in business. Uh, they show up in, in personal relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, they show up in how I interact with my daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, so great example, easy, easy one, because a lot of people can relate to this. So as I started diving into this work when I had the successful business, I ran an insurance franchise in Houston and, and it was great. I made great money, had mm-hmm. a great house, lovely marriage, um, amazing daughters, everything seemed right. Um, but something felt empty and, and I, I didn't know what it was. So I reached out to someone and, and we really started working together and what I thought was going to be business development quickly turned into personal development. And personal development quickly turned into exploring other realms than just um, talking to a life coach or talking to someone in therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, It expanded into realms where we started reformatting belief systems um, that I had to act a certain way or be a certain way in order to be successful or to do things Mm -hmm. to fit the mold that society and culture as is embedded in, and the truth is, culture has set up a structure that imprisons us because it tells us that if we don't function within those realms, that creates safety for the masses, 
that we create an unsafe environment for everybody else, which means that we're unsafe mm -hmm. and that we're a threat to that. Mm -hmm. And so it was a threat to my daughters that I started opening up in my personal development because it started opening up my intuitive awareness. It started mm -hmm. opening up that I started seeing energy. It's I started having prophetic dreams. Um, and these were things that were always innate with me ever since I was a kid, but I shut them down mm -hmm. in order to fit in because it didn't make sense to other people. And it didn't make sense to me because I didn't have someone to mirror that back to me. Mm -hmm. So there was something wrong with me if I saw things happening before they happened or if I was so sensitive that I knew what mom was hiding um, from her relationship with dad, even mm -hmm. though there was no reason for me to know. Mm -hmm. um, so when I started opening up to those abilities, well, my daughters noticed certain things. Mm -hmm. um, and they would actually start making fun of me. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, teenage daughters with their dad. I was like, okay. And instead of taking it, at first it's like, oh, you know, let me kind of put, do it to the side. I don't make them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, then I just started playing with them. Yeah. And I'd play the parking game with them. And, you know, we, we'd go to the gallery in Houston, big shopping mall. And, okay, it's during Christmas time, it's like, okay, so you got my psychic ability sound. Let's see. Let's play a game. And so we'd play the parking game. <laughs> I said, okay, we're going to pull up to the mall. We're going to go up two levels in the parking structure, down four rows, and over five spots. And there's going to be a parking space right there. Wow. Um, I was right. And I was off maybe one or two spots. Mm -hmm. Maybe 95% of the time I was accurate. Wow. Like, okay, that's stop. We get it. Um, and then I'd start sharing things with their friends that I'd be driving them somewhere. And it's, I look at their friends like, what's going on with, um, with, um, that thing that was that class that you were taking? Why are you, it's like, what are you talking about? I know there's something about a class that you're taking and you're doubting it. And it's like, you don't want to share it with your dad or something. It's like, how do you know that? It's like, I don't know. And my daughters, now they're just like, oh, he just does that. He yeah. just he just knows stuff. And so those are kind of like little tests. And your kids giving you attitude or other people judging you mm -hmm. um, because you can do something yeah. um, that's, that, that culture has taught us is not normal. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you it's one of the most normal things that we can do. Yes. Tuning in and tuning into our intuition and what we see and trusting ourselves because we have a guidepost, we have a GPS within us that's leading us somewhere. But it's when we don't listen to that GPS that we get put into situations that aren't really congruent with our path, and that's where we find suffering. That's where we find people betray us, and the souls are not really betraying us. The souls are showing up and saying, "You're betraying yourself." Mm -hmm. Let us be your mirror that, of that for you so that you can experience what that feels like to see if perhaps you choose something more in alignment with who you are and where your path is wanting to take you. Yeah. So this, this way of living truly does. I mean, I've seen it so recently in my personal life and in my business that in following it produces so much more joy and so much more happiness. And, and I definitely did get to the point on the other end of the spectrum before I kind of started accepting this information where I would rather not do it. You know, I'd rather not 
be do playing this game if that's the way that I had to play it by other people's rules and by structures and and what society thinks I should be doing what friends and other people think that I should be doing I'd rather not do it and so the more that I've kind of incorporated these these messages from your show from from what you are speaking on your social media um, specifically I've had sessions with uh wendy kennedy and i've talked to sarah landon and i love them dearly oh, awesome. yeah um but the more and more you know and it's it's definitely just a cultivating of that which i already knew and more um empowerment in those decisions that are so off course you know to, to so many other people it's just I, I co-created the experience of finding these people and finding you, I know, just to give me some of that force to begin moving forward faster along my path. And so I'm wondering, do you, have you ever gotten in these four years of this experience, have you ever gotten a skeptic or someone who has given you like really harsh examples of how maybe this doesn't work, maybe how, you know, it's, it's ruined their lives or, or something like that. No, that's actually never come up. And, and I'll tell you why, uh -huh. because I don't hold that in my field. I don't hold that in my belief system. I don't hold that doubt of my experience. What I share on the show and what I bring to the show is authenticity. And so I never share something that I don't really know. If a speaker shares it, I leave room for the possibility of it. Now, if a speaker shows up and they're like way off and I feel into the untruth of what they're sharing, it's my responsibility to really call it out right. and say something about it. But the skepticism that came in, there's the doubts that came in for my daughter and that was a test. Mm -hmm. um, my ex-wife now had a hard time with it. Um, but she had a hard time with it because I was seeing things that she didn't want me to see. Right. And, and she's one of my biggest champions right now. She's so supportive and there's such a beautiful relationship in it that all I had to do, I didn't have to do anything, but I held steady in my truth. Yes. And when I hold steady in my truth, when people try to shoot arrows at you, they don't land because there's nothing for them to land on. Mm -hmm. They can only land on weak spots and, there's not a weak spot in my truth because I, I tend to be extremely integrate with my sharing and where I come from and the things that I see and experience. So what that says to me is that there, there's always, it's always okay to let go. It's always okay to release. It's always okay to, to trust that inner guidance system, even when it seems like, if you follow it, everything could fall apart. Shana, I, I think it has to fall apart. <laughs> I think we have to be willing to risk that because what happens is when we're coming at things from a foundation that is within our integrity, that is a foundation of love and benevolence for ourselves and for everyone else around us, we can't make a mistake. There's right. no wrongs. We can make decisions and how it impacts other people, that's their journey because they've chosen to have a relationship with us and co-create an experience with us. Yes. But the best thing that we can do for ourselves and for others is to show up authentically as who we are. Then, then we're not putting on masks. Then we're not being inauthentic. Then we're not inviting people to show up in relationship with us 
based on an illusion of who we are because that's not the truth. Right. And that illusion, it's going to crumble. The light's always going to come in and illuminate right. what's incongruent with it to make it whole again because we're always being led to wholeness. Right. So our biggest risk is not to take the chance, not to open up and not to be vulnerable because when we don't take that risk, we're mortgaging our happiness. Mm-hmm. We're saying, I'm going to pretend to be something today in the hopes that I can be authentic tomorrow and be happy tomorrow. Yes. That never works. Right. That happened to me when I decided, hey, this isn't working for me anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm 38 years old. Life is empty. I've done everything that I'm supposed to do, and I've done it right, supposedly, at least as right as I could. Mm-hmm. And life sucks. Mm-hmm. Right. It's okay. <laughs> I glimpse happiness at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to take my vacations every once in a while. I get to drive a nice car and have a nice house. And there's got to be more because this is empty. Right. Um, so that's the risk. Living in emptiness and looking back and going, God, I wish something would have been different or there had to have been something else. Mm-hmm. And realizing that you didn't really do anything about it because you chose to live somebody else's path and not your own. Yeah. So I feel that we've probably done similar crazy things in terms of the health and wellness journey, spiritual journey, but I want to know what's, what's one of the craziest things that you've done? <laughs> craziest things that I've done? Wildest. In, in, oh, okay. in the name of, of spiritual development. Because I heard you talk about <laughs> recently, didn't you go on a vision quest or something? You called it a vision quest perhaps? Maybe for your birthday? Um, it wasn't a vision quest. I was actually called on a shamanic journey, okay. um, a shamanic initiation. Absolutely. And I was, guidance came in strongly. And there were several synchronicities that led up to it. But I was guided to go for my 50th birthday to Peru. And I didn't know how that shamanic initiation was going to take place. And there's a much longer story that led up to it. Again, the synchronicities that showed up for one thing that led to another it was amazing. Um, but the guidance got a shamanic initiation, let it come how it comes. Don't ask anybody how to do it or where to go. And I was led to a nine-day ayahuasca trip um, in Iquitos, Peru. And it was one of the most profound experiences of my life. And I've had some crazy cosmic experiences show up. Uh Um, And the things that I saw and experienced down there. um, Well, some people may not know what ayahuasca is, John. Ayahuasca, (laughs) it's... um, Oh, Short version of it, it's plant medicine that the indigenous tribes in Peru have used for a long time to open consciousness, to expand their consciousness. Uh, The shamans used to use it so that they could vision how to lead their tribes into certain situations and to keep expanding and to keep having... um, a prosperous village. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, people have started using it to start to awaken their consciousness. Um, some people call it a drug. There's DMT and the other chemicals in it that work in your mind and give you visions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of controversy around it. But my experience from it, um, it's, it's absolutely not a drug. And it's, it's a facilitation into a deeper awareness that it, that we have access to, but that allow the environmental conditioning in our society 
has diminished within us. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the foods that we eat, watching TV all the time, how we've numbed ourselves out. Um, it's part of the acculturation of religion mm-hmm. that has taken a strip that we have allowed to strip our power from our sovereign state from mm-hmm. um, has been shut down. And this plant medicine helps us to expand back into our awareness and gives us insight into what we have access to and how we can share that forward. And, and again, provides us more information into that platform of benevolence and, and love that I say that the show is about and that our speakers share. So like just a very simple interpretation, would that just be that maybe your logical brain is turned off, leaving room for your spiritual brain or your spiritual self to kind of dictate your experience, whether it's through thought or, or vision or, or whatever? Yeah, there's actually a scientific explanation through it. And I, do, I don't do very well the scientific explanations, but I'll try my best. Me either. Um, <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> there's, there's a part of our brain where our limiting beliefs and our traumatic experiences get, get stored in. Okay. And then we recreate experiences from those memories. Okay. And so we have... S- we have cellular memory that comes up from that. And so this DMT and the plant medicine actually opens up the pathways from where those stored beliefs are in our brain Mm -hmm. so that they can be released and open up to other parts of our brain that can receive new information so that we're not repeating that stored path, Mm -hmm. but that we can connect and reformat those belief systems based on new information coming in. And so first this drug, this plant medicine, this plant opens up that pathway. And then based on where we are in our journey, the plant medicine also brings up the memories so that we can process them through. And that can be through fear, judgment, past experiences. Some people go through horrific visions Mm -hmm. of abuse and and they go through that and they come out the other side and it's like they've released something that they've held within their soul for lifetimes um for me it was opening up to more possibilities and i think it's because i've done so much personal work um both in a linear perspective and esoterically um that a lot of those limiting beliefs that any traumatic experiences that i had growing up, which I had quite a few, and that's a whole different interview. Um, <laughs> it's those got to be reformatted because I got to see why and how those happened and played out um, so that I can bring that forward and share it with other people as to what's possible on the other side of that trauma. Um, and so I get to reformat those pathways within my brain. And so what runs the show now is the potential of the positive aspect as opposed to the potential of the fear, the judgment and the trauma that took place. Mm-hmm. So even though you were living life with like, obviously a lot less fear than most people, you still had these, these portions of yourself buried deeply that were still dictating your actions. Is that what you're oh, saying? We're, hu- we're human. We always have portions of that that are coming up. And I think that's just... That's what we came to experience here. We came to experience life on all different levels. And so there's a sense of excitement that we all carry. But the thing is, we all have to realize that 
a lot of times we have excitement when we go into our stuff and into our trauma also mm -hmm. because that is teaching our soul to experience that particular emotion. Mm -hmm. So what we get to format now is that these things aren't good or bad. They're experiences that we choose to have. And in any moment, we can actually choose to flip that into a different version of that experience. The trick is how do we do that? How do we learn to do that? And once we learn, we can choose to or not to switch up the experience. And again, that's what we teach on the show. That's the type of speakers that I bring in. Let us show you and empower you on how you can guide your life based on what you want to experience. I'm not here to take away anybody's experience. If you want to experience suffering, go for it. If that's what your soul came to do, it's not right, wrong. It's I'm not going to love you any less because you choose suffering. Right. I mean, I may not want to hang out with you all the right. time. <laughs> Um, but it doesn't mean that you're less of a person or more of a person. Mm -hmm. It's just your experience. And so to know that we have sovereign choice and that we get to dictate really what's coming up through our personal choices, um, that's what sets us free. And, and what happens is when we get to that level, some of the choices that are made in fear, the choices that create war, the choices that create deep grooves of separation within our society, those get eliminated. Because we can't, once we get to that level where we recognize our soul and that we're actually killing our souls little by little by making these choices, we don't do that anymore. And that's how we start making a difference in the world, by recognizing that within ourselves, by quieting that war within ourselves, by making that peace within ourselves. And then we become an outward expression of that in the world, an example for others, and that's how we stop the suffering that we don't want to see anymore. Mm -hmm. First of all, it doesn't resonate for us anymore. Mm -hmm. So we don't carry it. And in that, again, those arrows that get flung us, they don't really get to land because it's not an expression that's within our resonance. Mm -hmm. There's not a, it, it doesn't penetrate the field because it's, it's not a trigger point for us. Yeah. So, so do you I find... I answered your question. Oh my gosh, in so many ways. Um, so do you find now since your experience that you experience less fear and less suffering? I mean, not just fear, but suffering, as you said. Do you find that you experience less of those sort of, um, less of what you don't want to experience? Absolutely, without a doubt. Um, and there's still things that come up. Mm -hmm. um, there's and those are just reflections of those little pieces that keep but what also happens is as these experiences do, do show up mm -hmm. um it takes less time for me to recognize them and to go through them and it's like oh that's i was like oh that's right i know what that is mm -hmm. um and it's easy for me to flip it or if someone shows up at me angry or it's and they're bringing their stuff at me i see it for what it is, mm -hmm. instead of creating story and creating war of it and trying to get my ego to justify this, it's like, and then you show up in a whole different space. Then you hold your foundation of love. Do they have to meet you there? No. But you know what your intention is. You know where you're coming from authentically. And because of that, there's no suffering. There's no war. There's no resentment, anger, or judgment. Because yeah. you're so clear. Yeah. And you don't always have to be right in your clarity. You're clear. 
your your righteousness can change from one minute to the other. You're, you know, you we have the right to decide. Oops, I was wrong five minutes ago, and I, I get to adjust now. But as long as where you were coming from five minutes ago was your truth and your authenticity, then you you know you're showing up from that place that's a building bridge instead of one where you're burning bridges. Yeah. Are you comfortable looking back at at your work and and some of the things that you've put out there? Um, is it, is it hard for you to look back or is it, is it, you know, for me, I, I tell people all the time, I'm kind of in this place right now where I have no need to, to reference past experiences. I just, I feel so good in the present moment and just, and just moving forward with what inspires me that I really am not finding a need and, and kind of going backwards. Do you find that that's true for you? Yeah, I find that except when something comes up and, and it pings my field. And so whenever a, I find myself in a particular judgment of myself, it's like I look back at the at where the ripple started. And that's just me exploring. Yeah. Um, it's going, oh, that's similar to this, this, and this, and this. It's like, oh, of course. And look at how that repeated itself. Um, so I go back for that reference point, but not really to mill it over and to tell the story over and over again, because when we do that, it's, something's not resolved. Something's not resolved. And again, these little pings that I get from time to time, and again, we all get them. None of us are perfect. Thank God. Um, <laughs> if you were perfect, who'd want to be with you, right? That would be it's so like, boring. Can't keep up. <laughs> uh, totally. <laughs> Screw that. Um, but yeah, it's... It's, those are just reference points for little aspects of it that perhaps are still hanging out that um, are seeking resolution, understanding, and really self-love. Because if there's any type of regret or anger or judgment of it, there's just that little part of us that's still talking to us in the background that's trying to steer the ship. Um, and we have this bigger aspect of us that's more complete, that's not in judgment or in fear like we were before or in scarcity or whatever it was. Um but this little guy's trying to, you know, run the whole show. And so yeah. it's, it's just an indication that that piece of us just wants a little bit of acknowledgement and a little bit of assurance. Mm -hmm. um, and thus reminding him, hey, the bigger part of us is taking over. You don't get to, you don't get to drive the car anymore. So amazing. I feel yeah. that you are so wonderful, John, at seeking a vibration to share with others that is so empowering and also so informative on a vibrational level of really those big questions in the universe. And I feel that you have the capacity to get those answers so clearly from people who maybe in, in other environments do not release in that way. And it's so special and so amazing. And so I... I know that you're in the experience of what feels like universal and spiritual truth very, very often. And so what at this point impresses you? Oh God, people that show up authentically impress me. People who can, people who are vulnerable in their love mm -hmm. are impressive. People who are in their creation and in their gift and are just an expression of that, whether they're really mental or whatever. People are just who they're just owning their gift. Um, God, it's so awesome to see. And that can be 
it's I'm in Mount Shasta right now, Mount Shasta, California. It's a beautiful little town, and you've got this array of different people to hang out here, and you'll see engineers who create these amazing projects, and then you'll see these kids that are, you know, quote unquote hippies running the streets, you know, living in tents for the season. Wow. Um, some of those kids are so profound and they're so impressive because they're living in their truth. Some of them are running away, but the ones that you can see who are, you see their eyes lit up because they're so in their presence and so in their soul and their expression of who they are. That's so impressive. Um, these engineers who are doing, who are creating these things to, they're in their mastery. They're impressive. And I can tell you who else impresses me, which is so amazing. These kids that are growing up today. <laughs> yes. And how they show up in truth and have no capacity for BS from anybody. Um, that's impressive to me. I agree. Um, there's, there's a lot to be impressed about in this world. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, and, I I agree and I feel exactly what you're saying because every single time I interview some amazing person like yourself and I can just feel that I'm in in presence with who that person is it's such a it's such an impressive experience because it it's all that we have all that we have is is this present moment and we are so lucky when we get to connect with someone else and know that that connection is all that there is in that present moment and that connection to be of a higher vibration and of a higher um, experience than I guess what we what we attune to be the, a third dimensional experience. It's like it's just as impressive every single time, and so I can imagine that that most likely is what you're referring to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, um, I'm I'm impressed by you. And you following your heart and doing what you do and sharing and um, just being this voice for people in so many different ways. It's just, again, it's beautiful watching people be in, in creation mode. Yeah. Um, and then exploration. Yeah. I love watching people fumble <laughs> and then pick themselves back up and just kind of dust themselves off. Not that I watch, I love the fumbling part, but that you chose to take a risk mm-hmm. and to, again, be in that vulnerable state and that, you dare to try something new. Um, the accomplishment isn't what's sexy; it's the trying that's sexy. Right? Yes. <laughs> so, what are you? What are you trying to do that's new and different for you? Oh my God! So um, we have an opportunity to pitch a show to several TV networks. So we're taking Beyond the Ordinary show, and um, there's a production company who's interested in and expanding what we do, but taking it out to a larger audience to go on video, to go on, on TV shows so that we can start affecting millions of people. And it'll be a travel type wow. of show where we get to travel around the world, interviewing transformational leaders about their experiences, take people to different destinations so that we can also have the visceral feeling of being in different spots and feeling what that brings up for us. Um, and then watching people transform right before our eyes on TV. Wow. Could you have ever predicted this as a course of action for the show? You know, I saw TV coming about three years ago, um, and I felt it, and I tried to push it to create something, and it was it was sticking a little bit, but nothing was landing, and I just had to let it go, and that was guidance. It's like, let it come to you. 
And not too long ago, it, this opportunity came to me. And if it's not this one, I trust that it'll be another one. And if it's not a TV show, then it'll be something else. But it's just exciting to be in the adventure of what shows up next and what wants to come in just based on what I'm putting out today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how life has been showing up really loudly lately. Um, just by being present, the opportunities, the people that are showing up in my life, um, it's miraculous. There's no way I could have predicted it. The people that are in my life now, I couldn't have conceived of a year ago. Um, what do you think that you had to do in terms of actions to get to the place where you are, where all these things are manifesting so quickly? What are some of the things that you think that you've had to actually step up and do beyond a level of comfort, I guess, in order for these things to vibrationally start matching up with you? Oh, that's a great question. Um, it's something we all have. There's so many different things. Um, one of the things is I really had to let go of those things that weren't serving me, but that I was holding on to so tightly. And I thought they were serving me at the time, but they were only serving my ego. They were only serving me and my capacity where I didn't think I would be loved unless I acted or functioned in a certain way. Um, and so there was, there was personal relationships that I had let go of. Um, there were business relationships that just weren't sustainable anymore because those relationships were built on a foundation where I knew that I was giving, trying to earn something back. Mm-hmm. And they were receiving, trying to earn something back also. And it was, at the end of the day, it was manipulative, whether it was in, intended the most love or not, but it was a manipulation because we weren't showing up in our truth. And I had to be willing to let go of that. And it scared the hell out of me. Yeah. I had to be willing to let go of everything and everybody so that I can show up authentically for them and they can show up authentically for me and let the chips fall where they may, where that happened. And that included my daughters. Mm-hmm. And I knew once I got to letting go of my daughters in the way that they expected me to show up, um, and I was willing to let them go from a heart space. I had to feel that I was willing to let them go if they didn't accept me mm-hmm. and love them through that, that I had hit that thread, that that new foundation can be built. Um, and I did. And I showed up not knowing where I was going to live next. I knew I was going to be in Hawaii for three months um, in a rental house that I had. And then after that, I had no idea what was going to happen. I showed up alone. Um and that was hard because I was afraid to be alone. Mm-hmm. I was afraid to be with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that lasted all but two minutes because the second I landed in that alone spot, it was such a breath error. And I fell into my own energy and I didn't feel like I was carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders, which is what I was doing. I was carrying everybody else's weight on my shoulder, not because they asked me to, but because I thought that's how I needed to earn love. Mm-hmm whether they wanted me to or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that had to be let go of. Again, it's, it's, it's like, I was in an interview yesterday with Paul Selleck and he, he said something, he was an amazing channel. And, and his guys were saying, you know, it may seem like you need to clean out the closet, but the truth is, is that you just need to change houses. 
And I needed to be willing to change houses. I needed to risk that and not rearrange the closet because by rearranging my relationships, I only would have created the same experience, but with somebody else. Right, right. Um, Well, that's a huge shift and and a huge decision, especially when it's involving someone that's so close to you and someone that, you know, you you would anticipate needs you. Um, And from my experience, John, sometimes when those relationships needed that space for reorganization or needed that break for for space, maybe permanent space. Sometimes I didn't know how much I needed those changes until I was in that new frequency or I was in, or I, you know, something else happened that caused that, that separation. Did you know before you kind of took that action to move that you needed to separate and maybe you just weren't listening to it? Cause like sometimes I don't know how these things how to get a clear, distinct answer as to how to deal with these things. Because sometimes I feel like when you're in that frequency, you don't recognize that you need to get out of it. No, we're in the loop. You're absolutely right. It's our biggest blind spot. And then we get so entrained to keep busy, to succeed, to do other things, to be successful, that we ignore the most important aspect, which is intimacy with self. We're looking for intimacy in so many parts of our lives. We crave intimacy with others. We crave intimacy in our business relationship. We want intimacy with money. Mm-hmm. But we don't give intimacy to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't slow down and go, oh, hold on a second. I need to just take a few minutes for me and see what that really is coming up for me. I need to just take a break and gather all my energy because you're an entrepreneur. You do all these businesses. Your energy is all over the place. You're a coach. You do energy work also. Your energy is like scattered probably a hundred different places mm-hmm. in a very organized and efficient way. But as powerful as you are, it's so important to take our energy back to where we've gifted it to bring it back to ourselves so that we can know ourselves. Because if we don't know ourselves, how can anybody else know us? Right. Because we're only giving portions of ourselves to those aspects. And so it's just taking time. And we create crisis when we get to a point where it's not sustainable. And so where marriage is not sustainable, it's a crisis that breaks it up. When our business isn't sustainable, um, where the job isn't sustainable, and where we know we have to switch jobs, a lot of times it's a crisis that brings it up. Um, when we're not taking care of our physicality, a lot of aspects of it's when a crisis brings it up we've gained 20 pounds we've had a heart attack we've gotten cancer um and that's not necessary if we can take the time to be with ourselves and truly and authentically tap in and have the conversation with self one of the exercises that i used to give my clients and i still give it out on webcasts is if if you're in a confused state go sit in front of a mirror Look at yourself in the eyes and have a conversation with your five-year-old. Ask your five-year-old what's going on, and I guarantee you, she will never lie to you. Wow. She'll tell you straight up what's going on. Wow. It sounds like an awesome and practice. It's, it's fantastic um, because there's truth that comes through to it. There's feeling and emotion that comes through to it, and it's the emotion that really matters because – we can use words to try to explain things or to try to tell people how we're feeling or what we want. But how many words do you know for the word love? 
<laughs> one. How many languages? It's you know. Or how many how many languages do you know for the word happiness? And how many languages can you translate that into? Two. Okay, if you saw a happy person in Japan or in Afghanistan or in Zimbabwe or in Greece, if you saw their expression of happiness, would you know what that was? Yes. So in emotion, you know happiness in how many different languages? Infinite. Right. But we limit ourselves to languaging and trying to explain things from our mind's perspective, and it's limited. It doesn't give it the justice. So when we sit down and tap into our emotions and allow that to be the guide to express and to detail to us what's really happening mm -hmm. on, our, on a deeper basis and use that as the guidepost, then we're in self-intimacy. Then we're in the space where we can react from truth and create from truth as opposed to trying to create something from a very limited perspective. So do you think that by continuously reflecting in, tapping into our internal compass, having this you know, continuous conversation with us, do you think that we can avoid crisis? <laughs> I think crisis is the mother of invention sometimes. Um, so it's not that we avoid crisis, but we are prepared and we show up authentically knowing that we are equipped to handle whatever comes up. And then when we can react from an authentic place of being instead of a survival mode where survival of the fittest is like, I'm going to beat you out because if not, I'm going to be killed. Right. Um, so things are going to come up, but it's, how do we have a relationship with those things that come up? Yes. How do we function from a consciousness that we know that we're showing up for ourselves because we have to? Mm -hmm. And that's just unwavering. If we can't show up for ourselves, we can't show up for anybody else. Right. But we know we're doing that because it's a foundation of love. Mm -hmm. It's a foundation of who we authentically are that's not built off of scarcity and judgments and fear and anxiety and doubt. Mm -hmm. Once we've crossed those thresholds, and we're on the other side of the veil of those, and those guys aren't running the show anymore, then crisis becomes another exploration into getting to know ourselves better that provides us a mechanism for growth and expansion into further love. Yeah. And that journey never ends. It's funny, I was driving up Shasta, and um, I started feeling like all these energies, and there were, I started feeling like the energies of the ascended masters, Buddha, Jesus, Saint Germain, um, Mary and it was so beautiful and they started having a conversation and it's like wow this is amazing and I could feel that benevolence coming in and and I can feel the invitation to play in their field and to step into their mastery and they're explaining to me that they're still learning from us also that through our experience they get to grow because if we think if we compare where their level of mastery is, for example, if they're a PhD and we're in third grade, they explain to me, compared to God, they're in third grade and God is the PhD. They're still striving to grow into that and to expand into it. Mm -hmm. And while they're beautiful examples of what's available, they're on a similar journey on a different threshold, um, but still expanding into new possibilities, new frontiers, new adventures. Um, and in that experience, they get to 
keep growing and then keep sharing so that others can continue to grow as well. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Do you think that you are cultivating a skill of channeling? Oh, I, I've had it all my life. It's, I'm not cultivating it. And guys, all of us have it. We all channel. Mm -hmm. We all have access to information. We just all do it differently. And then some people dare to express it in such a way that serves a collective with new information, with new knowledge. But you channel all the time. You channeled your business. You channeled this podcast. Mm -hmm. You share information. The questions that you ask, um, they're channeled. Right. And there were purpose, and we don't always have to know what the purpose is, but how does it feel? Right. And if it feels good, it feels expansive, or even if it feels a little nervous-making or exciting, um, that's good. That's That means you're reaching into something else. If your channeling feels like it's manipulative and you're trying to get something from it and you're trying to control, and you know, that's part of what you want to experience and just know that you're going to attract that into your life as part of what's ready to um, know itself intimately. Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you use this capacity for connection, for connecting with yourself, but also just connecting with yourself? Do you, do you kind of assume that it's the same connecting with a different frequency or energy that's something that you may define as Mary or St. Germain or Jesus, do you, do you attain that that information source is an internal experience? That's a great question. Um, I have to say it's a very personal experience because I don't know how other people experience it. I, I see their interpretation of it. And I hear what they're experiencing and how they describe it. Um, but again, it's a very intimate relationship and it's difficult to put into words. Um, what I do with the channeling is that it's, I just, it's a flow of information that comes in. And sometimes there's this energy that flows that has a particular signature. And that signature resonates with Mary or Christ, or Kuan Yin, or whatever. And I don't get that often. I'm not a channel like that very often. What I get a lot is a lot of streaming of higher self into knowing. Um, and it just comes out. And why I knew that that was going to happen five days before it happened, I don't know, but it did. Mm -hmm. And so I get to play with it. Why do I know that's that elevator that's going to open its doors instead of the other one? It's the same thing. We're just doing it on a different level. And the more we can allow ourselves to play with that and have fun with it and just know it's part of our exploration, then we don't have to be so serious about it and make it out to be something um, that other people interpret as weird or out of this world or special or gifted or you know from the devil or from God. Or It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It just is. It just is like you and I are having this conversation. We just are. Mm -hmm. And we get to expand into it by playing into it. Or we can decide here and argue all day long if we chose to, but we get to choose the experience. And I'm glad we're choosing the one we're experiencing now. Um, and there's so much more available. But I think our job here is just to, it's to play and explore. And if we can relax into that, we can let go of the judgment and interpretations that have been put upon us by other people. 
our reactions are basically learned reactions that we learn from mom, from dad, from our family, from school, from previous generations, from the media, and most of it's a lie. Yeah. Let's create our own truths. And how we do that is we tap into our feeling and decide how it feels to us. And if it feels true, if it feels aligned, awesome. That truth can change tomorrow. And if it changes tomorrow, fantastic. But it's your truth, and when you're in congruency with that, when you're in integrity with that, then it's all types of information is going to flow into you that's going to lead you to the next part of your expansion and into a new set of truth. I love talking to you so much, John. And I don't know if you're interviewed often, but what I gather from what you're saying, you know, I oftentimes ask people, what's a piece of advice that you would give yourself um, from a couple of years ago? And I feel like you've shared that quite a bit with us in this recording. And and if I could um, summarize it a little bit, it's just that this can be easy and fun and it can be joyful and you're, you are the guidance of those behaviors and you are the guidance of of your own experience and through that connection you co you can co-create something beyond what you could have ever imagined and that's beautiful and i'm so thankful that you're not only sharing it with my audience and I, again i'm so i'm so grateful that you're here but i'm just as equally grateful to continue tuning into that which is you through your show and and everything that you do because what you're saying you admire in others is what i admire in you and that's a lot of authenticity a lot of connection and a lot of love uh thank you Shana. it's i love it and i wanted to share also it's um what i talk about when we bring onto the show and and you're a beautiful example of this also this isn't talk. Right. I'm just sharing my experience. Mm -hmm. And so I'm living what I'm talking about. If I didn't, I wouldn't be on here. I'd, I would babble all day long incoherently, which I feel like I do half the time anyway, but it wouldn't land. It would be mental. There wouldn't be emotion to it. And the ease and the grace that's available, I'm not saying it as a theory, as something that's possible if you follow a formula. I'm telling you, I know that it exists. I know that what we can create from it. I know when I'm in flow with it, and God, I know when I flow out of it because it it's painful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's being able to recognize that. Uh -huh. um, what I think gives it a lot of validity, John, is the fact that you have you have physical things in your life that are representative of this transition. You have family, you have business, you have these concrete examples of what transition can look like. And for some spiritual teachers and for some speakers, they, they don't, it, it's almost like they're speaking and then they're not living what they're speaking. And for you, it's just, it's so opposite. And that's why exactly what you just said, I'm just repeating it. It's why your message is so strong. It's because it comes from that place of being okay to live in that authentic place, which goes up and down and around and to other worlds. It's so 
it's so transitory and yet you accept every part of it. Mm, yeah. We get to play with it. So yeah. why not? It's going to happen anyway. Let's play with it. Yes. And it's so fun. Um, yeah. Again, I'm so grateful that you're here. I hope to continue connecting with you. I want everyone that's listening to this to get on the Beyond the Ordinary um, email list because every time I see it in my inbox, it's exactly what I need to hear at that moment. If I don't need to hear it, I don't see it in my inbox. So it's one of the best things I've ever done was tuning into your show. I love it. It's authentic. Every part of it is authentic. The business side of it, the, um, the entertaining side of it, every part of it is wonderful and beautiful. And um, I invite all of my listeners to connect with you. So what's the best way for them to, to do so, John? Uh, the show runs online. Just subscribe at beyondtheordinaryshow.com. Uh, put in your name and email address and you'll get notifications on when the shows come on and they're free. They're free shows. Um, each speaker comes on and they offer an opportunity to go deeper into their work at the end of every interview. Uh, so you'll listen to a little bit of the program that they're going to offer after the show. Um, but it's just another opportunity to expand into this work if it resonates for you and that particular speaker. Um, so it's a lot of fun, and I hope you guys join us. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I I mean, and it's, like I said, it's so authentic. It's just an opportunity for those who want to connect deeper with these speakers to do so. And it, no strings attached, just, just a wonderful invitation. And like I said, I've done Wendy Kennedy's program, which is wonderful. I've connected with Sarah Landon. I recorded a podcast with her, which was completely erased. Wow. John. Wow. What? It just happened. Um, but I love her. Well, that, like, that message was just for you. Yes. It was just for me. And I felt so mm -hmm. terrible about it for a couple of days, but it was such an incredible experience to meet her and connect with her. Um, and I also had a reading from Cherie Richardson, so the, which is the pet psychic that you had yeah, on your, yeah. um, so yeah, any, any, and all of your, your guests are amazing and wonderful. And, um, I do invite my listeners to connect with you because you very clearly are doing some amazing things and you're going to continue to do them in, uh, different formats, which I'm really excited about as well. So again, John, thank you so much. And, um, we will connect again soon. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, John.